0: Kathy Zip, managing editor of Solar Power World magazine. Welcome to another edition of Solar Speaks, Solar Power World's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. Today I'm here with Joe Harrison, senior project developer of San Diego, California-based EPC Borrego Solar. Because installing solar on landfills is becoming more popular, Joe's going to tell us more about the benefits. Best practices and challenges of these projects. So, thanks a lot for being here with us, Joe.
1: Yeah, thanks, Kathy. I appreciate you having me. Um, this is a really important um, focus for our company, and um, yeah, again, I appreciate you, you covering this topic.
0: Absolutely. And let's talk a little bit more about that. Can you can you tell me more about what Borrego's sol- role in solar projects? Um, is and what aspects of a solar installation can your company help with?
1: Yeah, sure, so um, we are a developer EPC and what that means is um, we're involved from the beginning, from the um, initial concept of you know there might be a project here and we'll do all of the development work um, so that includes um, executing contracts, power purchase agreements, leases. Um, We do all of the permitting work. We have the engineers, whether it's civil, electrical, structural, in-house, and we do most of that work in-house. And then, um, ultimately, we build the project, um, and in the the background, um, we put all of the financing together. Um, So our company doesn't own projects outright, but we put all of the financing together. So we really... Sort of soup to nut um, will um, put an entire project together and then on the back end we um, end up um, doing the operation and maintenance work on the project so we maintain these systems for the next 20 plus years
0: wonderful and can you talk about brego's landfill projects portfolio where have you worked on landfill projects and Kind of what size were they, and can
1: you get, can you tell us about that? Yeah, so um, we are a national company. As you said in your intro, um, our headquarters is in San Diego. Um, but I work out of our um, office in Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. And um, so a lot of my experience is with uh, East Coast Project, um, and that's where we've done most of our landfill work. Um, anyway and so we've done um, let's see seven so we we have seven completed landfill projects here in the northeast that are um, operational um, for a total of 12 megawatts and then we have another um, five projects um, totaling eight megawatts um, that are in design and construction right now so um, it's been you know our our one of our main focuses is on municipal solar, and um, so a lot of these landfill projects are either municipally owned land, and/or the the off taker purchasing the electricity is um, a municipality.
0: That's quite a, a bit of, of landfill. So, what makes these landfills such great sites for solar?
1: Well. Um, a lot of these projects are in Massachusetts. Um, we have a we have uh, a project going in New Hampshire, and we just completed one in Vermont. But otherwise, these are Massachusetts projects. So, um, in Massachusetts, the folks probably know a little bit about your listeners probably know a little bit about the policy environment here. Um, but it really lends itself towards municipal um, solar. So when you meet with a municipality. And you talk about you know where might you want to um, place a system, you know pretty pretty early on in the conversation, you know someone will mention oh well we have the 40 acre landfill, just kind of sitting there. There's not a lot of um, opportunity to develop that land, um, so uh, you know oftentimes um, it's kind of the low hanging fruit, and so we quickly you know focus on um, is that a good, suitable site for solar, and, and then sort of begin a, an initial feasibility study? Um, but just quickly, um, there's you know something like 350 towns in Massachusetts, and there's at least one capped landfill for every town. Most most towns in the Commonwealth have um, a, a capped landfill um, that is municipally owned.
0: So, when assessing a landfill site for potential solar installation, what do professionals need to look at to see if the site is suitable for solar, and what are some signs that it's not?
1: Well, um, luckily, um, in in most markets where we're active, um, there's um, a state agency that oversees all of the landfills, and in Massachusetts, it's Department of Environmental Protection, and they've really streamlined the process for installing solar on a landfill. And so, you know, the process starts with um, checking in with um, DEP to see if the landfill has all of its closure documentation. So, is it in good standing? Was it closed properly? Um, and then, um, after that, it's you know. You, it's looking at the, um, um, the top of the landfill to see is there enough relatively flat space on top to um, be able to install um, a large enough system to the point where the economics make sense. Um, and you look at proximity to a point of interconnection. You do have some sites that are just too rural and there's no three-phase power um, within a, a relatively short distance. Um, so that's one thing that you always have to check on early on. And then, finally, landfills do most of their decomposing um, in the first 10 years. So we like to um, work on landfills that are at least 10 years old, and that reduces a lot of the risk around differential settling. Um, that, that, again, happens in the, in the first um, decade of the landfill being capped. So those are some of the key things that we look for in a site.
0: Good advice for sure. What about from a financial perspective? Are there financing challenges that a landfill solar project might encounter that a a typical solar project would not? Or are the challenges pretty much the same?
1: They share all of the similar challenges, um, but there are a couple of um, key differences You know, I think um, the contracts, um, the contract negotiation quickly focuses on um, environmental risk, and I think you know what you'll find is that solar companies like ours, we're not landfill companies by trade, so we're not looking to take over the environmental monitoring. That's something that the owner of the site would continue to do. Um, We will um, mow the grass. We will maintain. Um, the areas underneath our panels, we will be responsible for any sort of issue that we cause um, during construction or operation, but we're not going to sign up for um, pre-existing conditions. So I think there's just needs to be that discussion of, about risk, and we're not taking on um, any risk that um, you know is already sort of there that people don't know about, again, if we cause an issue. Um, then that's our responsibility. So I think you know, you have that discussion early on and that's, that's maybe the key, the key um, you know, differences from a financing perspective.
0: Got it. Well, what are some other best practices when it comes to design and installation? Does the component selection pay, play an important role in these projects? I mean obviously I'm sure that there are other installation challenges that are unique to these sites, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, That is uh, very important. So there's different types of landfills. Um, A lot of our experience has been on kind of a traditional geomembrane cap, and then you have a couple feet of soil on top of that, um, and then it's covered in vegetation. Um, So our approach to landfills is we don't do any digging. We don't, um, you know, all of our wiring is above ground. We do ballasted systems. We're not driving piles or anything into the cap because um, the number one priority is maintaining the integrity of the landfill cap. Um, During construction, you have to be concerned about point loads. You can't drive normal construction equipment on the cap of the landfill. It needs to be tracked. It needs to distribute the weight so that you don't cause any issues. so, you know, it's it's, it's basically um, all about, um, ma- you know, maintaining the integrity of the cap. Um, and uh, one thing that we've um, really started to think about is um, installing solar on landfills is expensive, and any sort of work you do on the cap is expensive. So um, our landfill solution has shifted towards a more dense, system that um, allows you to fit a larger system size than normal. You sort of forfeit a bit of production because the rows are closer together, they shade each other a little bit more, but it makes financial sense because it produces more kilowatt hours overall and again it helps compensate for the fact that because you're doing ballast, because your wiring is all above ground, the project is more expensive than compared to a solar farm in a field. Um, So it makes sense to go go with these racking solutions that can produce more power um, and fit a larger system overall.
0: Joe, what about from a monitoring and and operations and maintenance work perspective, are there special uh, requirements in in those areas for landfill solar projects?
1: Yeah, so a big thing is um, is mowing you really one of your largest annual costs is is just is mowing so um you need to there there's a couple different approaches some systems if the landfill lends itself um you can you can sort of cover things with crushed stone and soil and um and not have to actually mow but otherwise um you do have to make sure that your racks are spread um, enough so that a traditional mower can can sort of get in there and and, uh, and mow once or twice a year, at least in New England. Um, and then, um, otherwise it's, it's pretty standard. Again, the environmental monitoring will continue, in most cases, to be done by the landowner. Um, so we're um, accommodating and giving them access to be able to continue uh, to do that.
0: Joe, can you share any specific examples of lessons learned on? any of those uh, seven projects that Borrego's worked on that could help our our audience of fellow installers?
1: Yeah, so we're constantly focused on bringing down the cost of solar we're often analyzing different approaches to construction in an effort to um, bring our costs down and be more competitive Um, one thing that we've um, recognized is Again, any sort of construction you're doing on the cap is expensive. So our, our systems do need to be fenced in um, similar to um, an electrical substation. And um, sometimes we have a 10-acre solar farm on the top of the landfill, but the landfill itself might be 30 acres, and a lot of that is steep side slopes where you can't put solar panels. And what we found is, in a lot of cases, it's actually less expensive to put a much larger, more traditional chain-link fence around the entire 30-acre site than it would be to put a ballasted fence around the 10-acre array. And the reason for that is, um, you know, you have a lot more fence around the 30-acre entire landfill, but you're off the cap, so you can drive the post down into the ground. You avoid all that ballast and the extra cost of um, constructing on a landfill cap.
0: Wonderful. Lots of great information. And uh, again, we've been speaking with Joe Harrison of Brago Solar. I hope that his insight into installing landfill solar will be useful in your next project. And I'd like to thank him again for sharing his expertise on this area of solar with us. Very interesting, Joe. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Kathy, and um, I hope to talk to you again in the future.
0: Absolutely. This has been another edition of Solar Speaks. I'm Kathy Zipp, Managing Editor of Solar Power World Magazine. Thanks for listening, and please tune in next time. All right.